Hello, I'm Kurt Whitesell and want to welcome you to the coolest and most informative podcast in the Westfield, Indiana area. What's up, Westfield? What's up, Westfield is a local chat fest to dig deep into politics, development, who's doing what, and anything else we can fit into 45 minutes of fun online. If you have a topic or an interest in being an amazing guest, please reach out to us and we'd love to hear your ideas. My guest today is a lifelong resident and engaged community member that owns and operates Triple L Fit to keep her friends and neighbors healthy. Recently, the Foster and Adoptive Parent announced her campaign to be on the city council as a registered Democrat and is looking forward to making big moves in her own death. Please welcome Alexis Lowry to the podcast. Hey, Alexis, thanks for doing the podcast. I appreciate you coming on here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. What would you normally be doing on a Wednesday at 1230? Your guess is as good as mine. My my life was crazy. I'm probably walking my dogs. Okay. What kind of dogs do you have? I have two golden doodles and a great Pyrenees, and they're okay. spoiled rotten, and yeah. they get a lot of walks because their mom's a health coach. <laughs> yeah. I found golden doodles. They're easy to spoil because they ask for a lot of spoiling. But All right. So I don't know you, and you don't, you don't know me. Um, don't. You, have, you have been recorded, and, and you announced that you're running for council, which is exciting. Yes. And yeah. so I just want to get to know you and give you a chance to tell a about yourself and about what your goals are and things like that. And so uh, I appreciate you doing this. So why don't you just start by telling us personally who you are, what you do and things like that. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Alexis. I was born and raised in Westfield. So I'm a 40 year resident. Uh, when, when I was born, there was like less than 3000 residents. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've seen, I've been here for all of the, all of the massive growth. Uh-huh. I am. Uh, I have my own business. I'm a health coach. Okay. So my background is in fitness and nutrition. I'm married. I married my college sweetheart, Josh Lowry. He's an attorney okay. back like 17 years ago. I'm okay. old. <laughs> um, that sounds weird. Like, I feel like I'm still 17. So it's weird that I've been married right. for 17 years. Like, uh, I, I got married it, yep. as an infant. Um, <laughs> um, he's an attorney. He ran for state senate last election. Oh, okay. So, so this is... I'm not completely new to this, but I'm somewhat new to this. So you're I've familiar, been you're familiar with it. I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. familiar. So um what I'm I'm a mom. I have four children right now. We're foster parents. So okay. they're all adopted. So I'll always and forever have at least four kids. But sometimes okay. people meet me and they're like, How many kids do you have? And I'm like, six, you know, and then they see me again and I'm like, four. And they're like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> so the numbers always fluctuate. <laughs> yeah. You come with explanation though. Like so you got to clear things up. Why are, why does it fluctuate so much? So that's yeah, funny. Yeah. Pretty much. So it's. So how, you have four kids right now. Yeah. All adopted. Well, how old are yeah. they right now? So right now they're eight, 10, 14, and 16. Okay. Is that pretty, a pretty standard crew? Um, or is it all over the place? <laughs> like, do you always have four kids typically, and they're about those ages? Um, so we were we struggled with fertility for over ten years. Mm-hmm. So I did ten rounds of IVF after doing a lot of other things, and I had uh-huh. thirteen miscarriages. Oh. So when we decided, wow. yeah, so when we decided, um, well, we're out of money. <laughs> yeah. So the <laughs> private adoption's kind of off the table here. Um, what else could we do? And we were introduced to foster care. Okay. It was a really hard. You have to decide when you go through that. Like what? What age range you want? Oh, right? Okay. Like, like every and everybody wants a baby, and everybody wants uh-huh. one because you know, like, who's crazy enough to take in more than one child at a time? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know. After trying for so long, it felt really selfish to now be like. All I wanted was to be a mom and now, okay, I only want a child that is, you know, this ethnicity and this age and Uh only this. And so we just kind of left it up to God and said Uh a prayer and we were like, we're open to anything and everything, sibling groups, all ages. And we will only be asked to take kids that we're supposed to have. So we've Uh never said no at all. If you introduce us to somebody, we said yes. Um. And it's, it's worked out. So we've had 12 kids okay. currently. That's how many we've fostered. Uh-huh. Um, and we've adopted four. And so my okay. younger two are my oldest. 
because okay. I adopted them in 2019 and they're biological brother and sister. Okay. And then my older two are my youngest because we do- we adopted them on March 1st a year ago. Okay. So last March, March 1st, 2022. Um, okay. And they're biological si- sisters. Oh, okay. So yeah. will you bring more foster kids in? Oh yeah, yeah, probably. I don't Sweet. know if we'll ever stop. We're a little, uh-huh. we're a little crazy. Which I like that be, though. Right? I like that. You know what though? I don't think people understand. Once you have a couple, I mean, yeah. it's to me, it's like it, it, it's the same yeah. as dogs. You know, you just keep piling them in. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Anything after once you're mm-hmm. outnumbered, anything mm-hmm. over two, it's like mm-hmm. three is the same as a hundred. Yeah, and. Honestly, I almost feel like it kind of gets a little easier. I mean, there are certain things that get harder. It's like you have 5 billion doctor's visits for like Uh 5,000 children. Um, (laughs) But a part of it gets easier because they have like built-in playmates. They don't need so much of my attention because they can give each other attention. So I can Mm go like make dinner without, you know, doing homework and walking the dogs and doing everything simultaneously. So, All right. So you have four kids, husband's married. You professionally are what? Uh, professionally, I'm a business owner, small business owner. So I'm a nutrition coach. What is that? Tell us what you do. What's your, what do you uh, do for a job? So I help people look, feel, and perform better. So I help some people lose weight. Mm-hmm. I help some mm-hmm. people, um, lower blood pressure or, or uh-huh. they're about, they're looking at starting cholesterol meds. So they're trying to get their health in check. Mm-hmm. Um, others, uh, I have a couple of clients that I'm, <laughs> One of my hobbies is bodybuilding and doing yeah. competitions. And so I have a few clients I'm prepping to be in a bodybuilding competition. So it's not oh, always okay. weight loss and health. Sometimes uh-huh. it's purely physique and trying mm-hmm. to like be their, you know, beat what they were in high school. Everyone's like, oh, it's yeah. not realistic to weigh what I weigh in high school. And I'm like, I weigh less than I did in high school. Why isn't it realistic? <laughs> like, yeah, it can be if that's yeah, you for want sure. Like, yeah, so. so men, yeah. women, kids, yep. not really kids. Um, not really. I've had, I've had one younger, she was like 18. Um, but she has, uh, medical issues. So she's, she's really skinny and she's trying to gain weight. And so she needed like nutrient dense foods to help her Mm -hmm. put on weight because she was really small for her size. So I would be so good at gaining, at doing that, like carb loads and cheese. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, um, it's, it's individualized. It's personal. Okay. I'm not like, uh, you have to do keto. And uh-huh. like, I don't, I don't understand that mindset when somebody's <clears throat> like, this is how you do it. And it, it'll, it'll work. And I'm like, you don't even mm-hmm. know the person you're talking to. Yeah. You have no idea if that'll work or not. Like nutrition and health is so individualized and personalized. Sure. Like there are some things like, yeah, everybody needs water. Like don't walk around mm-hmm. dehydrated. Yeah. Um, but you and I don't need the exact same amount of water. We're uh-huh. we have different lifestyles, so we have different, different yep. energy, you know, what we do every day. Like I we're different weights, we're different genders. Like there's a ton that plays into it. So there's not like a one size fits all approach. So that kind well, of before I, I sign a contract with you out of just guilt, um, because I need all that. Um, I've got to move on because I'm sitting here thinking of I, I'm getting depressed. I'm thinking okay, of that's another call. That's another because <laughs> I just I just had two mint Oreo cookies and a statin, so um, so I'm good Sorry. for a while. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So you grew up in Westfield. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Westfield. What the community felt like. Um, yeah. And then some of the recognizable. I want to know what it was like growing up here, but then mm-hmm. some things that have changed that are not bad. That are just some cool things that have happened growing up here and becoming an adult here yeah so growing up in westfield i'm gonna try to get through this without crying i'm a bit of a nope. crier but my uh-huh. husband's like you're gonna run for office you gotta stop crying in public <laughs> i'll cry um, with you okay good <laughs> uh honestly i had i had the best childhood this was the uh-huh. best town to grow up in i know it's was a city it? now but yes mm-hmm. it was it was Why? it was Why? um Everybody knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could, it was, it was small enough to do things that I wouldn't dream of doing now, letting my kids do now. Like, mm-hmm. I think I was probably seven or eight when Walmart was being built. Mm-hmm. And I grew up down the road from City Hall and I rode my bike to Walmart, <laughs> like by myself. Like, yeah, no way. Like, right? Like, I'm not letting mm-hmm. my eight year old rider back to uh-huh. Walmart. Are you insane? But I used to uh-huh. watch it be built. And I remember thinking, wow. 
we have made it now. We have a Walmart. We have a Walmart, yep. Like, it, it was, was awesome. It was so cool. Like, I remember I would, and then I would drive, drive. I'd ride past Walmart and I'd go down to Galleons and I'd do the rock climbing wall. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was just, you. I would uh, go to the donut shop, which I just recently found out that the donut shop has always been called like White House Donuts. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. It was just the donut shop. Uh-huh. It just, it was the only one, so you could say yeah. the donut shop, um, and you knew where you were going. There wasn't uh-huh. like fifty. But no, it was. Um, it has a real legit name, White House. Yeah, and, yeah, and I would go, and they'd be like, "Hi, Lexi," and I'm like, "Hi," and I would purposely like, I would go to the pop in actually, and I'd wait for everybody to leave the donut shop, uh-huh. like, but they still had some donuts left, but not a lot. But then like everybody'd be gone, and then I'd run in there and be like. I only have 50 cents. Like, <laughs> like, how many donuts can I get for 50 cents? Uh-huh. And he would just fill up the box yeah. and I would take all everything left home so uh-huh. nothing would go to waste to my family. And my mom yep. would be like, good job. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's why they were out of donuts every time someone went in there because you cleaned them out. That's why I had to become a health coach, apparently. Uh-huh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, I mean, I just, I rode my, my bike all over Westfield. I... I say I wasn't really raised by my mom and dad. Okay. I was raised by the town of Westfield. It was like mm-hmm. the sun the is street. up, you are awake, get out of the house and don't uh-huh. come home until the street lights come on. Yeah. And so my parents wouldn't know where it was all day. Like yeah. they, they didn't that worry doesn't about it. Anymore. That Nothing's doesn't happen happening anymore. here. Nope. <laughs> we know, yeah, and right. So, we know everywhere we our kids are now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and back then it was just like. You would just call some neighbors and be like, oh, yeah, I saw her going down Birch Street. Yep. She was at the Spears house about an hour ago, like, if mm-hmm. you needed to know, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. So I grew up at the the Hoffmans and the Spears and the Skippers mm-hmm. and the Campbells. And, and I learned a lot. I really did. I remember being like, wow, Allie's mom is so cool. My mom and dad would never let me eat in the living room. <laughs> um, and so I just learned from a really early age that just because one family does something different than you doesn't make it wrong or right like it's just it's different and different people uh-huh. do things differently yeah. and they were all loved and they were all safe and they were mm-hmm. all happy you know so mm-hmm. i don't know i grew up playing soccer i was okay. raised on the soccer field okay um so i played on a this was back when there wasn't an all girls team so okay. i had to um so i started playing rec and then I started trying out to play more competitively and yeah. on the travel teams, but there wasn't a girls. So okay. I tried out for the all boys travel team. Uh-huh. And I remember having to like go through the like manual to be like, it does not say anywhere in here that a girl can't play. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I would try it out and I made the team 10 years in a row. So I, I grew up on the nice. same all boys travel soccer team for 10 years. Uh-huh. I remember being very sad when I got to high school that I had to play on the girls team. Like, I was like, no, I want to play on the guys' team. Like, mm-hmm. so that was hard for me. Yep. Um, so I was always, I was just like one of the guys growing yeah. up. But so uh, are, a so lot of those, up, are, yeah. are a lot of those people you mentioned, like a lot of those kids you ran around with, are they still around, do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Fred Catron was my coach. So Adam and Seth Catron. Mm-hmm. So you might know them. Adam's yep. a realtor. I think yep. his brother, I think they're in business together too. I think they do slightly yeah. different things. Maybe I'm not yep. sure. But they're still they're still around. And mm-hmm. um Chad Huff, his mm-hmm. mom and my dad, I think it was, were like our first soccer coaches when oh, we were okay. like four. Yeah. So okay. I grew up. I'm Ch- Chad and I are the uh-huh. same age. So we like kind of right. grew up on the soccer field together. I want to do a podcast with people that just tell stories about Chad Huff. I survived Chad Huff. That yeah, I, I survived. Yeah. I think we could do an entire series on that, but um, all right so um what are a couple things that are cool about that have happened about other than the walmart being built what are some cool things about a town going from nobody little bunch of people yeah. to now you got forty thousand people what have, what have yeah. you noticed that's 50, cool yeah i think we're over fifty thousand now yeah. um honestly i am a, i'm pro growth i'm mm-hmm. pro change i just personally, how like my own mindset works. I think if you're not growing, you're dying. Like yeah. staying the same is never an option. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, that's not how life works, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get older, your hair, your hair starts falling out. Like everything mm-hmm. either gets better or declines. So like just uh-huh. staying the same isn't an option because everything yeah. around you is growing and moving forward. Yeah. So if you're staying the same, you're in effect declining, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I like, I like the growth. I remember being in high school and I was not a popular kid. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I wasn't, um, I had <laughs> friends in like every group, but I didn't have like my own click group at all. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was like the outsider inserting themselves in everybody else's group. Cause I <laughs> thought everybody was my friend when really nobody uh-huh. was. <laughs> um, and so I remember in high school, especially going through a phase where I just wish I was new. I wish I was the new kid because mm-hmm. in my experience, um, you were automatically popular if you were new. Everybody okay. wanted to know who you were. It was like a mm-hmm. it was like a fight. It was a contest to be like who was going to befriend the new person first. Yeah. Um and some of that has changed I feel like a little bit. It's not as cool to be the new person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I don't know why or how yeah. that shifted, but uh but I'm I'm pro growth. I'm I I think that a lot of cool things have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you like that the high school's big and they're you like that because of growth, you ended up with Grand Park and Restaurant Row and have yes. you just enjoyed that stuff? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I think some things could have been done better, but oh, I yeah. think I think if you're honest, mm-hmm. everything could be done better. Anything yeah. could be done better. I could be a better health coach. I could be a better mom. Like I could be this a better This podcast like, can be done better for sure. So <laughs> like, like if you if you already think everything's the best, like mm-hmm. what's what's the point? I don't know. Yeah. I just like there's always room for for growth and making things better. So I um I don't know. I just not I don't know if I have like a perfect example of like okay. why I like it. I just don't think it's it's bad. Okay. So you what know? a lot of times people, so let's get into it. A lot of times people run for office because they're fed up or they don't uh-huh. like how things are going. Yeah. Um, it's very rarely is it to get on the wave because things are going great. Yeah. Um, so what what made you want to run for council, the city council? My husband. Talked you into it? That's really, it's really that simple. Um, but he, he told really you just, to run? Kind of. No, um, I'm, I'm kidding, kind of. Um, my husband ran for state senate last election. And I, it politics isn't new to me only because my husband, I love him dearly, but I have been sleeping wonderfully for the last 17 years because okay. every night we get in bed, he starts talking about politics. And so I'm like, <laughs> immediately. Really funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, like it just was never something that like was my uh-huh. focus. It wasn't my like interest, my hobby, right? Because it's always, it always seemed so negative and people were always so angry when they were talking about that uh-huh. stuff. And I like avoid negativity, like the plague. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the opportunity in this obstacle? Uh-huh. Like, I'm really good at reframing struggles to find where, where can this, how can we turn this into a strength? Uh-huh. So typically in my experience, when people are talking about politics, they're complaining and yeah. I don't, that's just not how I was raised in my Uh house growing up. If you care enough to complain about it, then you have to go and do something and fix it or shut up. Uh I mean, that was like, you were not allowed to complain. If you're going to complain about it, go fix it. Then if you Mm -hmm. think you can do it better, step up to the plate. Um, That's how I was raised. So, so when my husband ran for office, um, I learned a lot more because I started paying attention because I'm going, I was going door to door with him. I, I feel like it's, I, I just want to spend time with my husband. He's my best friend. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what he's doing. I find it interesting because I find mm-hmm. him interesting. Okay. So I was going door to door with him. We took our kids with us. Um, by the way, if anybody's running, take your kids with you. People are much nicer at the door when they see an eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take them with That's you. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just learned a lot directly from the people in this town, city. <laughs> I say uh-huh. town. It's always going to be my hometown. Yeah. Um, so I heard directly from a lot of the people in the city what they were frustrated with. And honestly, a lot of it kind of broke my heart that that that's their reality, that that's how they feel about it, because it was so not 
my experience for me growing up mm-hmm. here. Um, and so I was talking about it, I don't know, January before I filed, I was just kind of talking, we were, you know, having discussion around the table and I was just talking about some things that came up and very passionately as I do. And my husband's like, why don't you run for city council? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? What is and that? Like, yep. no. And he's like, babe, he was like, you, when you decide to do something, you go all in. Like, I don't mm-hmm. half-ass anything. Like uh-huh. when I decided to become a foster parent, I was, I was taking classes and reading books and talking uh-huh. to people that have been in it. And, and, and I keep learning and I keep doing continuing education stuff because I want to, I want to be the best foster parent possible because my kids' lives depend on it. So uh-huh. I don't, I either am the best at what I do or I don't do it at all. Like there's no uh-huh. in between, which is why I went door to door with my husband when I hate politics. Like if you're going to yeah. be a wife, your job is to be the best wife. Uh-huh. Like, like that's just, that's just how I do things. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I don't remember what I was saying. So anyway, he was just like, <laughs> you, you can learn how to be a politician. I can't uh-huh. teach a politician to love Westfield. Yeah. And that was, that was enough for me. I was like, Oh, you're right. Nobody loves Mm -hmm. Westfield more than I do. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I knew probably within a week that uh, when we started dating, I knew that if, if I was going to marry you, we were going to move to Westfield. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, it was very obvious from the very beginning. Uh You love Westfield. Um, and, And there was no other option. And so he's like, he's like, you're the perfect person to run for city council. So I was like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> How do I All do right, that? So, I need help. <laughs> so you signed up as a Democrat. I did. All right. So Westfield is not known for its, first of all, female. I mean, we've uh, had some female counselors. That's not the right way to say it, but we don't haven't had a lot. Female but, Democrat counselors or even yes. part of uh, politicians. So yeah. um, why do you think? Um, why do you think we we don't have a lot of that? What struggles do you think um, I, you'll have yeah. just going into it as a Democratic candidate? None. Um, I don't. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't see obstacles. I only see opportunities. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I really don't. I uh-huh. I think if your government should represent the citizens. Mm-hmm. And we have a very diverse demographic now, much more so than we did when we had 3,000 residents. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and of course. when I was going, I think the reason why I'm like the first or I would be the I would be the first that that wins as a Democrat. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's not because we don't have a Democratic base here. I think uh-huh. that's because people are comfortable and they don't like change. They don't like being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I love uncomfort. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, if you, like one of the very first things I learned in business was to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. every time I put myself in a situation where I allow myself to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I grow and I learn so much and my mm-hmm. life changes before my eyes and I'm able to do more good. Um, and I've had a lot of people say to me, why don't you just run as a Republican? You would win if you just ran as a Republican. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, I'm just going to win as a Democrat instead <laughs> <laughs> because that's the right thing to mm-hmm. do because I am a Democrat. I was yeah. raised Republican. Okay. And I think a lot of people around here think that we're still very Republican. Mm-hmm. And I know firsthand because I mm-hmm. knocked on almost every single door in Westfield when -hmm. my husband ran for Senate. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many, almost every door that was Democrat said this exact same thing. I'm the only Democrat in my neighborhood. We Uh had a string of 16 houses in a row say that exact same thing. They understand, no, nobody's talking about it. Throw in the closet. (laughs) They're all in the closet. They don't want anybody to know because Uh they think they're the only ones. Uh They're not. I was genuinely shocked that my husband did not win his race. And it wasn't because we don't have enough Democrats here. It was Mm -hmm. because they all think they're alone. They think their one one vote isn't going to change anything. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't show up on election day. They didn't go and vote. We kept the statistics. 
you know and you you think and you know that there are plenty of Democrats in this community to support plenty. a Democrat. You don't plenty. need one Republican vote. You can win yep. with Democratic votes. Okay. I, if they and you show know, I don't up, know this. If uh -huh. they show up and vote, I can win. The do they vote already? So some of them do and some of them don't. I know firsthand because I started going door to door already. And I did, like, I started with my neighborhood because it's my neighborhood, right? Like, hey, just so you know, you all know me. I'm running. Um, and I went to five houses yesterday. My neighborhood only has 70. And I okay. went in the middle of the day, so most people weren't home. So I went mm -hmm. to five houses yesterday in my neighborhood that were home that all told me not only last election that they were voting <laughs> for my husband, they put a sign in their yard hmm. promoting my husband. Mm -hmm. And we have access to a database that tells you whether or not people voted or not. And five yeah. of the people that told me to my face, you've got our vote, put a sign in my yard, didn't show up on election day and didn't vote. And that was just our neighborhood alone. That's that's hard, isn't it? How do you work so with my that? My you know? challenge is going to be getting them to understand that they're not alone. Their vote does matter. And if they just show up, you could help get the first Democrat elected. And that's important because when you have a bunch of people that think very similarly, mm -hmm. you actually end up getting <laughs> less done because you're more likely to think well, you don't have anything for me to learn from because we're on the mm -hmm. same side. We agree. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's not a whole lot of agreeing happening. And we have like a one party system in there now. We have a Republican male white party. And they're having a real hard time. And <laughs> I personally, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, from my perspective on the outside, it seems mm -hmm. like they're having a real hard time finding <laughs> common ground. Mm -hmm. And I I'm just going to say it. I don't even care because this is how I honestly feel. I think they all probably think they're the smartest person in the room. And if yeah. you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You're mm -hmm. not going to get anything done. Why should you treat somebody with respect and hear them out and really mm -hmm. listen to them if you don't think that they're smarter yeah. than you? Yeah. And there is not a lot of respect in those rooms. So, so do you feel like there's, I mean, are there, uh, issues that a democratic voter uh or if are there specific because we're not talking about abortion and right. uh, gun laws locally right so it's not like <clears throat> the big hitters are there so are there any issues specifically that you think being have being a democrat you can handle better than uh our typical council is today not necessarily um okay i, I know it's ironic but at the local <clears throat> level like you mm -hmm. said, it's not really, it shouldn't be. I mean, people yeah. still vote that way because they're unaware and they don't understand that it doesn't have, it doesn't come into play on the local level. So people are mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a Republican. I vote all Republican. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, I'm not going to like go make you have an abortion or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, the local level is not political, right? Yeah. It, it's not supposed to be. It shouldn't be. It's like, okay, like my trash wasn't picked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. They're just, those aren't the issues we're, we're looking They're at. They're called so inconveniences here. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it shouldn't really matter. <laughs> I think what is um, helpful is I just, I love learning and I love growing mm -hmm. and, and seeing where I could do better and be better. And I think we need a lot more of that on the council, regardless of what party you align with. Mm -hmm. I can get along. 99% of my closest friends and family are Republican mm -hmm. and I respect them and I love them and they respect mm -hmm. and love me. And we have a lot more in common than we don't. Mm -hmm. So it really shouldn't come to play, but, uh -huh. but it you know, does. we live in a, we live in a place that is so Republican. Mm -hmm. um, there here's what the conversation is, you know, so-and-so is running. Yeah. They're a Democrat. And to me, as soon as they say that, I think, well, what what really are they different in, at yeah. a local basis? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I I don't even know why it's a it honestly isn't a topic locally, but so no, is well, there any there's nothing specific that you feel like because of your democratic values? Um I mean, no, I mean, I guess 
I probably look at things a little differently. So um, have you ever heard the phrase that you're like the sum of the five people you spend the most time with? No. Okay. My so, dogs. <clears throat> okay. Explains a lot. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So okay. part of this is a misconception that we're still very Republican uh -huh. because you tend to hang out with like-minded people. So when you're a Republican and you're hanging out with a bunch of other Republicans, the common knowledge or the common thought process is everybody is a Republican because that's who I'm associating with, mm -hmm. right? So they're not getting outside of their comfort zone who mm -hmm. understand that, that there's Democrats in the room. They're also, because they're around so many like-minded people, they say things in my experience, they say things in a very aggressive, assertive, matter-of-fact way mm -hmm. that makes somebody that's stereotypically a Democrat more likely to keep their mouth shut because they're mm -hmm. non-confrontational mm -hmm. and they want everybody right. to be happy and they want mm -hmm. everybody to feel safe, mm -hmm. even though they don't feel safe. Right now in this moment, they want you to feel safe. So they keep their opinion to themselves and everybody else in the room that's like-minded is da, 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 da. And the person over here that doesn't feel safe, they assume they agree because they're not confronting them and being like, I don't think so. I don't feel the same way. It's yeah. happened to every room I've ever walked in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I just keep my mouth shut because mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because I'm a kind mm -hmm. person. And I don't want to get into it because <clears throat> they also know it doesn't matter what I say. I'm not going to change their mind. They're already... Mm -hmm. They already know they're right. They're set in their ways. It feels pointless. So I just <laughs> nod my head and smile and let them assume that I'm also a Republican. And so, so I, this was my coming out party. <laughs> oh, you're coming out party. You're also, that's funny. Um, so, all right. So there's nothing you think that your democratic values will uh, do better at, but what are some topics that you would like to tackle as a counselor? What are some of the things that you have now that you've been doing your research and I know yeah. you've been paying attention. What are some, yeah. what are some things that are going to hit home for you that you want to really work on? Yeah. Um, first <laughs> I want to go back to my, my democratic values looking at it differently. <laughs> I saying, saying that it wouldn't help at all. Isn't necessarily true. Like for example, there's a particular area in Westfield that is like our only spot of like affordable housing. Okay. okay? And mm -hmm. so, my democratic brain would looks at that and says, there's no green space for the children. There's no mm -hmm. safe activities anywhere near it for those mm -hmm. kids to have a safe outdoor, get your energy out atmosphere. There's no sidewalks going to the closest grocery store, keeping them safe. Mm -hmm. They're less likely to have cars and resources and people to help them out to get them to and from the grocery store. So it's like, great, we did this thing. We did the right thing and and we we made one right here and they have mm -hmm. no resources to their dis mm -hmm. at their disposal to actually yeah. access the things they still need access to. <clears throat> the reason I said we tend to be uh, very like-minded, like we were the sum of the people we spend the most time with. I also think that's an issue because we've lumped them in the corner of Westfield all together around other like-minded people. So of course, mm -hmm. statistically, <clears throat> crime follows poor. That's mm -hmm. just statistical, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's because they're bad people, they're mm -hmm. criminals. We haven't given them any resources to help them not have to succumb to things they don't necessarily want to do, but feel like they have to do. Mm -hmm. So part of that is you need to have a more thoughtful mind. You need to have more mixed housing because mm -hmm. if you're the sum of the people you spend your time with, then everybody in <clears throat> will pick on Chatham Hills is very like-minded in Chatham Hills. And so you kind of live in your little bubble and you don't understand that there's people that are more, that have needs mm -hmm. that aren't being met in Westfield because you're in your bubble over here where it's like, well, all the people mm -hmm. in my neighborhood can feed their children. That's not mm -hmm. a problem in Westfield. And then you have all the people over here in this neighborhood having a hard time feeding their children and they're doing what the other people are doing based on what they feel like they have to do because they don't have any resources. So if we mm -hmm. had better economic development that's more mixed and more mm -hmm. diverse, you're going to be surrounded by people that aren't your normal inner circle on mm -hmm. both ends of the spectrum. So it's going to have people that have more, have a more empathetic approach because they will mm -hmm. notice and they will see that there's people around them that aren't as fortunate as they are. 
And then on the opposite side, you're going to have people that are in a place right now where they need a few more resources, but they're going to see what the opportunity is and what the potential could be. And they could mm -hmm. ask these people questions like, how did you get to where you are? Like, mm -hmm. how did you do this? So now they're not surrounded by a lot of like-minded people, which would help reduce mm -hmm. that statistic of, of crime. It's, it, we're, we're all in our bu bubbles and we're like, mm -hmm. it's us versus them. It doesn't have to be that way. We could learn something from each other. Mm -hmm. um, so that was what I was going to say on that side of things. Okay. To your to your next question, uh, they're not, what I want mm -hmm. isn't that different from what the Republicans are running on, right? Economic mm -hmm. development, infrastructure, cooperation and collaboration. Like everybody says these same buzzwords, but <laughs> nobody talks about what that, what that means, mm -hmm. right? So economic development, that is actually a problem in Westfield. Whether mm -hmm. people want to say it is or not, it is. When 90% of your tax base is residential and 10% mm -hmm. is commercial, mm -hmm. that is a problem. You are preventing people from being able to move here because you can't, there's no affordable housing. You mm -hmm. can't, and when I say people, I mean people like my children. I want my kids to go off to college and come back home. And right now, they're not going to be able to afford to come back home unless they come and move into my basement. And mm -hmm. I don't want my children moving in my basement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? There needs to be mm -hmm. good quality jobs here. So we need to diversify that mm -hmm. economic development tax base um, so we can live, work, and play in mm -hmm. Westfield. There's housing. There's that middle ground housing where my, my kids are educated. They're hard workers. Mm -hmm. And there's housing that they can afford right now while they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from their student loans. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so there needs to be stepping stone houses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the economic development, what as a counselor, what kind of role do you think you can play in uh, helping with that? Um, I think you just need to be more, you need to, you need to go into it more prepared right now. You mm -hmm. have a council that is, they talk a lot about um, uh, transparency. Right. And they're like, we save it for the council meetings because this the city deserves for us to be transparent. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a bit of a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. I think you don't want to do the work to find mm -hmm. out the answers behind closed doors and then bring it back up in public. Mm -hmm. And because of that, and maybe they want to and they feel like what they're doing is best. Maybe I'm completely misspeaking. <laughs> I tend to do that. But you can do there's a middle ground there so mm -hmm. when you get a certain proposal from from a, a develop from a developer or the director of public works or whoever it may be you can ask them questions and like these executive meetings whatever and find that common ground and then still ask them the question again during the city council meeting mm -hmm. so the city and the constituents are privy to the conversation yeah. and now the person that you're asking is prepared to answer your question mm -hmm. just because you're asking them because you want transparency and it's the person that should know, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to have it all up here. I have mm -hmm. questions for my nutrition clients that I don't know off the top of my head. And I'm like, you know what? That's a great question. I am the person that knows where to find the information when uh -huh. I have resources at my disposal to make sure I give them an informed um, answer. And so right now, when you don't do that and you're trying to do everything out in the open, it doesn't give the person you're asking the question an opportunity to make sure that they get their information right so they mm -hmm. can just answer the question and they can vote in a timely manner. So things are yeah. taking longer they are. because they're not asking those questions beforehand and making sure they're getting all the information so they can review it all in a timely manner. And so when they go into City Hall for their council meetings, they can just vote and they know they're not having to ask all these questions right then and there. They already kind of know which way they're going to vote. Mm -hmm. And maybe it'll change based on some answers, but you should really already know those answers because you've already yeah. asked those questions. You're just asking them again for the people. Yeah. So they yeah. know that for you've the asked the questions, record, yeah. that you've done the research. So it's on public record. Mm -hmm. So so I think it's just, you have to ask when developers come to Westfield and they say, this is what we want. You have to be like, mm -hmm. okay, so what is your plan for green space? What is your plan how are you going? You know what I mean? You have to ask more yeah. questions. You can ask for very specific things. Mm -hmm. um, let them be like, oh, okay, let me fix this and go back to the drawing board. 
So what kind of commercial business, what kind of uh, commercial development would you like to see here? I think we need more mixed residential housing. Um, I and think you're, <laughs> you're calling that's economically mixed. Like we're talking, you don't want it to be just upscale neighborhoods and starter neighborhoods. You want stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we leave a lot of money on the table. Um, by having all these flat, like ranch style buildings, like, like a, a fast food restaurant, for example. Okay. Mm -hmm. You could have that, like in a, the same size lot and have like apartments, not that apartments are going to be directly mm -hmm. over a fast food restaurant, but mm -hmm. there's all this tax base <clears throat> vertically mm -hmm. that Westfield doesn't seem to utilize. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but we really... have the ladder, we have the ladder truck to put the fire out on them. But no, we don't yeah. have any, we have no density or vertical development. Correct? Yes, we need more, yeah, we need more density. density uh, and I think that is what the mayor said at some point mm -hmm. that the council had like a no growth attitude. And I think that's part of it. I don't think they think they're no growth. I think they, they're trying to keep that old town Westfield vibe alive by keeping mm -hmm. the architectural similar to the way it was in the 1950s. And the problem with that is, this is here's a good example. I'm a foster mom. My family is growing, mm -hmm. just like the city of Westfield is growing. If my husband and I stayed in the little ranch-style three-bedroom house when we got married and started adopting and growing our family, we would be uncomfortable we would mm -hmm. feel like our children would feel like they don't have the resources they need to to to, to succeed okay mm -hmm. they would feel like i'm stuck and i don't have any privacy and and we start stepping on each other's toes just because we move into a bigger house mm -hmm. doesn't mean the heart of our family has changed at all because mm -hmm. our family has grown, we have to change the architecture of that house that we are living in to fit mm -hmm. our growing family. So everybody feels like they belong. Everybody feels that they're cared about and that they belong here. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to change that hometown, loving, accepting feel just because mm -hmm. we're getting bigger. Is the dynamic going to change a little bit? Sure. You have more mm -hmm. people now, <clears throat> but I think you can do both. I mm -hmm. think you can keep that small town feel while also changing some things externally mm -hmm. that's going to promote that hometown feel when everybody feels like you're actually taking their opinion and their comfort and their safety into consideration. They're automatically going to get that feeling of this person actually cares about me. They care mm. about my ability to feed my children and that my kids have safe places to go do activities and get mm -hmm. their energy out and you can have both and so i i think i don't i think it's just like a lack of education in this specific area people mm -hmm. aren't they're not asking those questions how can we be doing better they're mm -hmm. just trying to do what they've always done um because it's worked in the past but that doesn't mean that that's working now yeah. so when when you say uh You'd like more commercial development also. I'm I'm going to assume, well, you said we need corporate tax base. You said that. You feel like Westfield needs to be more competitive with its neighboring communities to attract yeah. those businesses? Or do you feel yes. like that's okay? Yes. I mean, for some reason, there's this like misconception that um, people are going to move to Westfield because they want to work and play in Carmel, mm -hmm. right? I don't necessarily think that's true. I think people are moving here and they have to go work and play in Carmel. They, yeah. they don't have those things here. It's not here yet. And by bringing those things here, <clears throat> that's going to reduce the tax burden on the mm -hmm. residents. That's going to make, you know what I mean? Like we're, mm -hmm. anyway, we're going to, I and mean, we're spending our money in a neighboring city. Carmel loves us, I'm sure. Oh, I love us, yeah. They should. Like, like we have this, and this has been here since I was a child. Westfield is like, we're not Carmel. We're better uh -huh. than Carmel. And so because of that, they don't want to learn anything from Carmel. 
We have a lot to learn from our neighboring thriving communities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're not Carmel and we're not Noblesville. And I also Mm -hmm. think we are better, but that's my heart talking. Uh Financially and infrastructurally, if that is a Mm -hmm. word. I think it is now. (laughs) (laughs) I just made it a word. Uh We're, We're not. We're not better, but we could uh-huh. be better. Just, we could yeah, be doing better. And we could learn from mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. from other people. So two of our things, by the way, you uh, this has been fun. You have a lot of energy and you have no problem answering a question. I like that. Um, so awesome. But I have two questions that I ask everybody and I would like your opinion on them. Uh, but coming from an economic development topic, um, what are your thoughts on Grand Park and our downtown from a, uh, so Grand Park, what are your thoughts on it? What do you want to yeah. do with it? And then our downtown, uh, where do you see it going and what, how would you like it to progress? Yeah, great questions. So I personally, I loved that Grand Park came here. I uh-huh. said earlier, I grew up mm-hmm. on the soccer field. Mm-hmm. Um I love that my kids don't have to break their ankles um, playing soccer the way I did out at Haybeg. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not full of potholes. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> because they take good care of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but to uh, that point, I don't want to offend anybody because I don't know who's Oh, don't worry. Them. Everybody's offended already. Everybody's got thin skin. We're all sensitive. So you just let it go. <laughs> I have really uh-huh. thick skin. So if you're watching this, if you're one of the two people that watches this podcast. Uh-huh. Hey, please. I get to say that. You can't say that. <laughs> please. I am open to learning and growing. Uh-huh. So please come no. inform me if I am wrong. But I think, I think we should keep it. I think selling it at this point would be a huge waste of taxpayer dollars. But... I think it might be more of a management problem on why it's not more profitable. Uh-huh. Because from my perspective, again, on the outside and not knowing who's managing it or how it's being managed now, uh-huh. my outside perspective is this. I coach there. I've coached there every season since it uh-huh. opened. And so I am the number one, I'm the I'm the very first person that people complain to when they have complaints. Mm -hmm. So the things that I hear are obviously traffic getting in and out. Like you sit Mm -hmm. there forever. Like you have to, you have to leave an hour before your son's game when it's five minutes away, because Mm -hmm. you don't know how long you're going to get stuck in the traffic. Right. And then when you're there and there's lots of things, one, you'll get notices saying, Hey, soccer's canceled today. And I have four kids playing soccer and I'm like, mm-hmm. they all have practice today. Which kids, which one was, which, which child's practice was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that's coming directly like from the coach or the commissioner. But now I have to remember who the commissioner is for that sport. Cause at the yeah. time I had five kids in four different sports at different mm-hmm. ages with different commissioners. And I'm like, which bad one's canceled? So mm-hmm. it's bad communication. Um, and so then anyway, and then when I'm not the coach, um, you're missing practices and they're, they're canceled. If there's rain in the forecast, they're mm-hmm. so concerned with their grounds getting messed up that they cancel all practices and there's mm-hmm. no refund. And so people get frustrated when you pay X amount of dollars for eight games, their child ends up playing three. Yeah. Um, and they don't get any money back. I've had multiple people tell me I'm done playing at WISI if it stays at Grand Park. I'm just going to, to put my kids in off the wall at Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. Again. So there's, I don't know who's managing that, but like I also, for example, I also coach at Carmel. As the coach there, I am not in charge of all the stuff I'm in charge of coaching at Westfield. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to communicate with any of the kids' parents. I don't Mm -hmm. have to tell them when any of the games or practices are or what fields they are or when things are canceled. It all comes from the top down and everybody's Mm -hmm. getting those messages. All I have to do is show up. So they don't have a problem. Are you saying you would like uh, Grand Park to be privately managed? 
I don't know if it needs to be privately managed. I, again, I need to, I need more information. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that question yet, sure. but I think it could be better managed. I don't know how to do that yet. Well, I need a city more information. Is never, a city is never going to be the best manager of a project like that. There's right. no way they can own it, but they're never going to yeah. be the best manager. It's just not their yeah. wheelhouse. Right. So, so I think if they're managing saying, it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or so give more control to those companies. It, I don't think you sell it just because you can't manage it. Mm -hmm. Like I've worked in many restaurants. The manager is usually not the owner. Mm -hmm. Right. But the owner yeah. doesn't know how to manage the restaurant. They yeah. hire a manager that knows how to manage a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't think you have to sell it off. I think it can still be mm -hmm. owned by the city and managed by a group of people that know how to manage a big park like that is that what you would prefer it it stay owned by the city and controlled but but better better you know rented to somebody or or give the management management to somebody right now today yes mm -hmm. okay and i know you don't have all the information but um from where you're sitting that's that's from where, where i'm feel. sitting right yeah. now today yes okay mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> all right, and then, um yeah, Grand, Junction, Grand Junction or downtown Westfield, which includes our, our Grand Junction Plaza. Where do you see that going? What would you like to yeah. see? Um, so I love Westfield. I love downtown Westfield. <laughs> but you're getting ready to say something real offensive, I can tell. <laughs> that's my life. I just, you know, you just so what you see is what you get with me, uh -huh. like it or not. All right, so you love Westfield. Um, I love Westfield, and I loved growing up in Westfield. And but uh -huh. I feel like there was more for me to do in uh -huh. 1990 uh -huh. than there is today. I think um, you're probably really right. Because I mean, there's a there's about the same amount of stuff uh -huh. to do, and we have over 50,000 people uh -huh. now. <laughs> Weird, isn't so, it? Like statistically speaking, it's supposed to be like uh, for every one thousand residents, you're supposed to have like nine, nine or nine thousand something square feet of like greenery, and we're like a, including Grand Park, we're at less than five, oh, so we're like okay. less than half of like what the yeah. national average should be, and that's including yeah. Grand Park, which isn't open to the public to just go do whatever yeah. they want. So you really shouldn't even include Grand Park. Mm -hmm. So I I like the plaza what they've done down there with all that green space i think it looks really pretty i don't necessarily think it was a good use of taxpayer dollars i think there was probably other things we could have done for a lot less money uh -huh. i think we spent a lot of money on it i don't uh -huh. not being privy to those conversations and those uh -huh. discussions when those things were taking place um i don't know if that was the best use of funds mm -hmm. but i like that it's there so it's it's kind of a complicated question. In my mind, when I close my eyes, <clears throat> I have a very clear picture of what a downtown Westfield should look like. And yeah. I don't know if the current group as a whole has that same vision. I know they don't have uh -huh. the same vision that's in my head, obviously. Yeah. But everyone keeps saying, we have a vision, we have a vision. But I think when they say that, I think they all have their own individual visions yeah. and that they're yeah. not on common ground. And so this is what you get when that happens. Yeah. Um, so I think you need, I like the quaintness of like a gazebo and greenery. And I uh -huh. also like the density of apartments over small family-owned businesses underneath. Uh -huh. And I yeah. think you can do a little bit of both. I think you need to have like separate sections like this area over here is going to be greenery and you're riding bikes around. And mm -hmm. this area over here is going to have some high rises and maybe mm -hmm. you gradually move into that. And I don't know, I have like this like naive picture of- um, Well, I don't think it's naive. I think a city, those things are very capable. If, if first of all, it's got to be sold right. And yeah. first of all, it has to be, there's got to be someone that can figure it out that it's, you know, not way over their pay grade. So yeah. um, I don't think that's crazy. That That's what I think a lot of us see down there. Some people though, really honestly want every house just to be along Jersey street, just to be turned into a business. And then that's good. Mm -hmm. And you know, everything's just how it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so I'm glad to hear that you are, you are excited or 
or hopeful for some growth and density down there because we need it. Yeah, I'm I'm very hopeful because again, mm -hmm. I think we're going through some obstacles right now, but that's not a bad thing. Obstacles mm -hmm. in my mind are a huge, huge opportunity. That mm -hmm. means we have a lot of progress potential yeah. and that excites me. Mm -hmm. I have a very, um, I'll enlighten you a little bit on how my brain works and, and maybe this is corny, but I'm a little corny. This is, this is mm -hmm. what you get with me. When I picture somebody moving to my city, I literally picture me like greeting them on their doorstep with like a welcome basket and being uh -huh. like, welcome to Westfield. Like this is where you get the best produce and the best uh -huh. park for you to get to safely would be uh -huh. down this sidewalk. And uh -huh. I feel like if you've moved to Westfield in the last 15 years, um, you probably, you, you may be, that wasn't your experience. Maybe you mm -hmm. weren't welcomed with open arms and, and mm -hmm. felt like you belong mm -hmm. here. Um, and so you don't reach out and you don't know of all the opportunities to kind of get involved because mm -hmm. you, you're not getting that small town vibe anymore, mm -hmm. but you kind of are with like the yeah. lack of resources. So it's yeah. like, it's a big city with like nothing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, true though. it's just like, we're like in this weird, we're like in this weird limbo mm -hmm. right now. And there's a disconnect between where we are and where we want to go. And mm -hmm. um, and some people think that you just need to get people with a progressive mindset in there to make all these decisions. And even though I think I can be one of those people, I also think that I, it's not all on me to make those decisions. I think mm -hmm. it's very important to go door to door and talk to people and ask them what they care about and what they want and what their frustrations are and what they would mm -hmm. like to see. And, and no, I'm not going to be able to give every 50,000 person, right? I'm not going to give all 50,000 people exactly yeah. what they want. But in doing that, you're going to hear themes. You're going to hear the most common thing I heard was, <clears throat> and that is something you can act on when mm -hmm. you just think you know what's best without being out in the community without being mm -hmm. open and going to events and meeting the people, you don't really know what they want. Mm -hmm. um, so how are you supposed to, this is a public service position. Mm -hmm. How are you supposed to help people and keep them safe and give them things that, they, that mm -hmm. they're that they wanting and the things they want to see if you're not putting yourself out there and finding out what it is that, yeah. that they want from their city? Yeah, no, it's very so. true. I think people get caught up in their own little bubble and their, their circle that gives them praise and yeses yeah. and so i think that's good you know one of the one of my issues with downtown was we were a bunch of and since my wife owns a restaurant down there and i'd done all the work a bunch of work down there i was always surprised how little conversation or communication there was between the counselor especially that district but the council the admin making decisions for those people down there and yeah. those businesses that were really the first investors in downtown mm -hmm. and so i uh, you know, I was always surprised that there was zero, very bad communication. So I think it is important to start listening and ask questions and things like that and get engaged. All right. So you're going to be an exciting candidate. I can tell um, <laughs> you win. you will be, would you be the first Democrat woman or Democrat? I'll be the first Democrat. Whew, that's and heavy. the only woman currently because I'm the only woman running. So I'd be the only Democrat oh, yeah. and the only mm -hmm. woman. Man, unbelievable. Well, and we um, need I that think, perspective up there. I think there have been some closet Democrats on that council already. So for they're the first one that's out, and I appreciate that. So, um, but thank. How can people follow you? Yeah, um, I am on Twitter. Um, my Facebook is Alexis for Westfield. Okay. My Twitter is Alexis for WF. My website is alexisforwestfield.com. Okay. So I'm cool. also on Instagram. And they can sign up for things. They can follow you and they can- You can sign up to volunteer. Okay. You can donate to my campaign. <laughs> nice. I like that. Um, you might be surprised being, having, being the one person in a party, you might be surprised how much support there is, right? 
yeah yeah so well awesome thank you very much for doing the podcast good luck and uh, it'll be fun to follow along and uh, appreciate it thank you very much thanks for having me so i'm here drinking whiskey out of champagne town